Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Parent Playing Video Games podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be chatting about Mega Man X. A really great Mega Man game. We'll obviously get into all the goodies and the details, such as the gameplay, and then of course the music. Really good music. Uh, Time commitment, and of course how capable it is. And then I'll rate it, see how well we do. Um, so yeah, Mega Man X, really, really great game, classic game, and I, uh, I remember having this, ooh, way back on the Super Nintendo, um, I still actually have that, uh, and, um, it, it's a great game, to be honest with you, the, it's, of course, classic Mega Man, it's your run and gun, your side-scroller, whatever you want to call it, um, but it's just that super version of it, um, what they did to... The Super Nintendo version versus the uh, Nintendo version is just simply just, you know, give it that zhuzh, you know, bump it up. Very similar to what happened with Super Mario World and Super Metroid. All those games with the Super in front of it, just how much better they were when put on the Super Nintendo. You have a more powerful console, it can just handle more. Um, so yeah, we'll get into the detail of that. Um, first... We'll quickly, sorry, we'll click quickly, quickly, I got it, I got it. Uh, We'll quickly chat about what I've been playing. Um, So, I did get through the Diablo 3 campaign, um, and then I started playing Adventure Mode, which is the, you know, kind of the best way to play it. As I said, I could not remember most of the story of Diablo 3, and I'm glad I went through the campaign, so you can give me a refresher on that. Uh, played adventure mode and you know played a few characters on that actually got them to about 60 um, but I kind of I wasn't sure which character I want to really stick with so I had the crusader uh, that's what I played through the campaign and as soon as the campaign was done I'm like cool I'm gonna try something else um, and then I went with the uh, necromancer and it, it was pretty good you know leveling up and all that stuff it was fine then I tried the Barbarian and um, had a lot of fun with that one. And then I was going to try something else. And I kind of um, not necessarily lost the heart or anything like that. It's more of just I'm like, mm, I kind of want to shake it up. I've been playing a lot of Diablo 3 in the last couple of weeks. So I figured I might as well um, you know, switch it to a different game. So uh, with that in mind, actually one quick thing on Diablo 3 with the Adventure Mode. They have this new... Um, like a skill tree of sorts that you can invest in and it gives you all sorts of account-wide permanent upgrades and the second one I chose was actually making it so that all items have a level one requirement and I'm like oh okay we'll see how that goes and as soon as you do that you start a new character um, you can start them on like torment 10 because you can go and get a level 70 weapon with thousands thousands and thousands of more damage than you normally would be at level one and then because you're getting 1500 percent plus experience you kind of mow through enemies and 
<laughs> you you gain levels so so quick. I'm pretty sure when I did it with the barbarian, like straight from level one, just maxed out what I could from the uh, blacksmith. I think I gained a level on the first enemy. I think two levels on the first enemy I killed, and then yeah, you just kind of go through, and I was gaining multiple levels, and I think I got to level sixty in like thirty or forty minutes, kind of thing. Um, it was okay, but definitely not for someone who hasn't really played much of Diablo 3, because you're, you never really look at your skills, because every couple seconds, it seems, you're leveling up. Um, obviously, it's a way for them to give character boosts without giving character boosts kind of thing. So, um, I will be probably revisiting that at some point, um... But as I said, right now, I want to take a bit of a break. And one of the reasons I got Diablo 2 and Diablo 3, that sort of pack, um, was because they're great games to just sort of, yeah, I'll just play a little bit more of it. Like, you know, it's a great game to just pick up and play. You don't have to start it from the beginning. There's not a, there's a, you can have a small time commitment or an absolute massive time sink and everything in between. So for myself, it would be like, oh, okay, I'll pick it up and I'll play a little bit, you know, Eventually, I'll get a character to level 70 um, and then kind of just continue on, look for items, change things up, just have fun with it, right? So, as I said, I did change it up, playing a different games, um, and I actually kind of, uh, I literally rolled dice to determine which RPG I was going to pick up again. Um, and that was between CrossCode, uh, which is an indie RPG, action RPG uh fairly new and in my uh, top games of all time actually uh, and then the other one was Final Fantasy 7 Remake now both of them I have the DLC and I haven't played it so I mean I had already paid for these um, so CrossCode I picked it up I was I knew I was at the end of the game I had already beaten the game prior uh, just not on this specific save on the PlayStation so, went through that and uh, beat the game. I'm playing through the DLC now. Really awesome. I'm really happy. I <laughs> the dice rolled, in a way, to give me that one. Um, I'm sure I'll be playing Final Fantasy VII later on in the summer, definitely before Rebirth comes out. Um, but yeah, I'm really having a good time with uh, CrossCode. Um, also, I uh, was watching Oats and Goats, who is a very, very good uh, Super Metroid uh, speedrunner and he's been doing a little bit of randomizers and things uh, as well and uh, he's been playing a map randomizer which I played the very uh, item randomizer I really enjoy that one um, the map randomizer on that one though it was never that great um, it was kind of like a here it truly was random this new one that uh, I saw him playing and you know which I've now consequently started playing myself um, it, the way it does the randomization is much, much better. But the biggest thing is, is that the map is actually accurate. It, like, recreates, you know, Criteria, Norfair, the different areas. Um, so because of that, I've, I've actually been enjoying it. I mean, I only started that uh, last night, night before. So it's, I'm still fairly fresh on this one. Uh, but I'm quite enjoying it. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've been playing. I'm pretty sure that's all I'm going to be playing, CrossCode and Super Metroid, for the next little bit. But I guess we'll hear about that on the next episode. Now let's obviously get to Mega Man X. 
released back in North America in uh, December of 93. It was a Christmas game. I'm uh, sure a lot of people had this on their Christmas list because I think, and I'm not 100% sure, but Mega Man X, I know, is the first Super Metro, or sorry, the Super Nintendo Mega Man. Prior to that, oh, actually, you know, I might be incorrect on that. It was the first X game, um, but because uh, I know Mega, I think it's Mega Man 7 or 8, um, was on the Super Nintendo, uh, but it was the first kind of like breaking away from the original storyline of the Mega Man games and goes into its new kind of like almost like a split of a direction kind of thing because uh, you did have the later Mega Man I think 9, 10, 11 released uh, much more recently on more modern consoles as well uh, where X kind of goes a different route. So um, this was my first Mega Man game. I never played, again, I'm sure if people have been listening for a bit here, I never have, uh, I never owned a Nintendo when I was younger. Um, I do, or I might, I'm pretty sure I have one now. Either way, I play a little bit of it, but I don't have the attachment to old Nintendo games. So when I pick up, um, even, like, I tried playing the original Final Fantasy, the first one, when my first one was Final Fantasy IV. Uh, I I had a really hard time with it. So, again, I, I'm so much more on the Super Nintendo side of things. Um, so, as I said, I have it on the Super Nintendo. I have the cartridge. Um, this time around, when I played it more recently, I actually picked up the Mega Man X Legacy Collection um, to play it on the Switch. Um, great way to play the games. Uh, this one that I got was Mega Man X 1, 2, 3, 4. So you can play the first four X games, and you can get another one for uh, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, so I did play through Mega Man X one on there. I started Mega Man X two. I found it way, way more difficult than uh, at the time I wanted to deal with. I'm sure I'll pick up and play the other three X games at some point uh, because I really, really like this one, and it would be cool to get a little bit more of it, kind of thing. So, we'll start with the story as we do. Um, so, I did take quite a few notes on this one. So, it takes place in 21XX. And I always kind of like that about the Mega Man games in general. Is that it's always kind of like a generic year. It's not like it takes place in 2019. Um, no, just it's something something XX. Uh, this one was about 100 years after the original Mega Man. So, there's a couple doctors in here. So, Dr. Kane, who is our modern day doctor... He finds Dr. Light, who was the original uh, doctor back in Mega Man, finds his uh, ruined research facility. So he finds in, in here all sorts of cool stuff. He finds X, which is something that was kind of an idea. He duplicates it and creates Reploids. Now, Reploids are great androids, robots, whatever you want to call them, they work really well. However, some of them are a little bit unsavory of sorts. Uh, so those ones, they're criminals, they're called Mavericks. Now, we have Mavericks, and then we're going to have Maverick Hunters. They were created to capture or to disable any of those criminal Reploids. It kind of reminds me of, uh, there's a Simpsons episode where they say, well, we'll release this into the wild... And uh, then Lisa's like, well, how do we then control that? It's like, well, we'll then release this into the wild. And then, well, how do we control that? It's like they create reploids. And then they have criminal reploids that are mavericks. They create maverick hunters. Well, so what stops the maverick hunters from going bad? 
I don't know. But nonetheless, Maverick Hunters are the good guys. Mavericks are the bad guys. So the leader of the Maverick Hunters was a uh, reploid named Sigma. Uh, he then turned bad. As I said, who's going to prevent it? Um, so when Sigma goes bad, he kind of uh, starts taking out all the Maverick Hunters, knowing that those are the ones that will prevent him from you know, succeeding in his master plan. I think it's to eradicate humanity or take over an island. I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, so Sigma takes them all out. The only ones left is uh, X, who is, of course, who you play, and Zero, who is... I, I always thought it was kind of your brother, and he was a cooler brother because he had long hair. And in this game, you don't see it, but he has a sword. Um, nonetheless, they're the only ones left. So... Um, X goes on his adventure, which is the game that you're playing, of course, and he goes after the eight most powerful Mavericks. Um, so with that, that's the eight stages, the eight bosses, and the eight weapons uh, that we're going to get into in more detail shortly. Um, so after he takes out those eight powerful Mavericks, he's then going to go after Sigma, and he defeats Sigma. That's the, that's the end. You know, spoiler, <laughs> you beat the game, Sigma's beaten, however... Um, he gets a message saying that that was just a temporary body and he'll see X soon. Of course, uh, my guess is X2 is Sigma again is the bad guy, you know, carries on. And I know that um, back in the original games, Dr. Wily was always the uh, bad guy. So you kill him or not kill him. You, you stop him in, you know, game one, game two, game three, game four, so on and so forth. It sounds like Sigma could be something similar in that sense. So we know Sigma is the big Betty. So how do you beat him? So we're going to go over, it's, I was trying to figure out how best to do this, but it's going to be a mix of stages, bosses, weapons, and weaknesses. Um, so when it comes to weapons, actually, I'll just quickly touch on this. The X-Buster is your primary weapon in the game. You know, when you go pew pew pew, that's the weapon. You can hold it down and charge this up a little bit. I uh, have kind of two levels of charge at the beginning, and when you unleash it, it does more damage. Kind of pretty straightforward. Uh, with this as well, you also have unlimited ammo. You know, you just keep shooting and you're not going to run out. So as I said, stages, bosses, weapons, weaknesses. So I'm just going to go through each of them and kind of just have a little bit of info on them kind of thing. So the first one, uh, the first stage is Snow Mountain. Uh, the boss of Snow Mountain is Chill Penguin. He has shotgun ice and his weakness is fire wave. So... In this first one, we'll go a little bit more detail of why I'm kind of combining the four of them and, you know, I guess, yeah, what the reason is. Um, so Snow Mountain, of course, pretty straight obvious. It's a mountain and it's snowy. Uh, this level's okay. I, I mean, I'm also just another quick aside of sorts is that I'm doing this in the order that I would play them because of the weaknesses. And again, I'll get to that in a little bit. So, Snow Mountain, pretty straightforward. It's not a very challenging level. Um, this one's a fun one to do first because you also unlock the dash ability in this level. Uh, so, for instance, if you did this level last, you wouldn't have dashed the whole game. So, doing it first is, you know, nice. You get that extra movement, um, you know, capability. So, as I said, Chill Penguin is the boss of this one. The um, the kind of mechanics of this guy is pretty cool. Um, he will uh, you know spit ice at you. He'll kind of he's kind of a chubby fella, and so he'll actually slide across the boss area 
on his uh, stomach. He'll be slide back and forth, bounce around a little bit. Um, he'll have a blizzard attack, and he'll create kind of like ice sculptures in front of him, sort of thing. So, um, not a super challenging boss. You know, probably going to get hit a couple of times, kind of thing. But for the most part, pretty straightforward. Now, when you defeat one of these eight uh, powerful mavericks, is that you will absorb the um, you know the weapon that that boss uses. And, I mean, again, it isn't necessarily a weapon or something that they may actually use, but it's, you know, I'm, I'm looking through the list, and actually, I think that is the case. So, either way, um, Chill Penguin has Shotgun Ice. Um, pretty straightforward. It shoots ice. Um, but what's cool about it is that when it hits something, it kind of shatters and bounces back the other way, like into three pieces. So, yeah, you get shotgun nice, it's a nice weapon, and then Chill Penguin himself is weak to fire, because he's ice, the opposite, he's weak to what's called fire wave. Uh, next up, we have the power plant. Uh, this one's um, cool, you know, it's got electricity flowing through it and whatnot. Um, it's kind of an unmemorable uh, level, to be honest with you. Uh, the boss of this one is Spark Mandrill. Um, he's kind of a... Uh, armored hulking thing uh really cool his weapon is electric spark and his weakness is shotgun ice and you're gonna see a pattern here is that the reason that they go in this order is that you get an item or you get the weapon and then you use it on the next boss and it's their weakness so what's really cool about this because his weakness is shotgun ice when you shoot him he actually freezes for a second or so and then he you know, starts going again, but you can just shoot him as soon as he's, you know, moving again. And you kind of just, you know, lock him into place until he, you know, finally succumbs to his wounds. Um, so, but again, the cool thing with the shotgun ice, because if you were to shoot it at a wall, it hits the wall, breaks off into that three kind of like, um, you know, almost like a triangle pattern outwards. So you hit it on the wall and it bounces behind you and it hits him. So you don't have to actually be that accurate with this because this boss is fairly large. Even if you miss one or two, it's probably still going to hit him in the long run. Uh, next on the list is the gallery, which houses the armored armadillo. Um, to be honest with you, the uh, first two names um, of the levels are pretty cool and the rest are kind of lame. I don't understand why this one's called Gallery. This one's underground. That one kind of confuses me. Nonetheless, Armored Armadillo is an armadillo that has armor. That was pretty easy. So, same thing. He has Rolling Shield. That's his attack. And then Electric Spark is his weakness. And when you hit him with Electric Spark, he kind of goes, if you've seen in uh, Home Alone, where <laughs> that guy hits the um, the water and he gets shocked and you see a skeleton. Same sort of thing, just not with the incredibly high-pitched scream. So, <laughs> the um, yeah, you hit him with the electric spark and then he loses his uh, armor and then it does even more damage, but it still shocks him each time. So take him out and you get that rolling shield. Uh, Launch Octopus is in the ocean. Kind of makes sense. It's an octopus. He has homing torpedo and he is weak against that rolling shield. So one thing that's really, really neat about this is that when you get into the fight with Launch Octopus, he points one of his tentacles 
tentacles at you and kind of like points at you and then points down like I'm gonna take you down um, I mean if you win obviously that's <laughs> not true uh, Mega Man takes him down uh, but yeah this one rolling shield hit him a bunch poof and then you get your homing torpedo um, uh, next again I'm gonna just go through the list because there's not much more to talk about him uh, Boomer Kowanger is in the tower um, he has the boomerang cutter, and then, of course, his weak against homing torpedo. So, um, him being weak against homing torpedo helps, because he's kind of all over the stage. A little bit tricky to hit sometimes, so homing torpedo, you shoot it out, and then it's a little missile that homes in on whatever enemy it decides. When it's a boss, really easy in that sense, because, well, it only homes in on the one enemy that's there. So you can shoot those off. Um, also, just one quick note I forgot to mention. As I said, the X-Buster has unlimited ammo, but all of the special weapons all have their own ammo. So if you use homing torpedo all the way up and you don't refill it, you'll get drops throughout, uh, you know, just fighting enemies um, or finding it in the levels, you'll not be able to use it anymore. So um, you can't just like use homing torpedo for the whole game kind of thing. You do have a limited amount. And I think even when you go from one level to the next, it the uh, ammo count stays the same. So if you're halfway down, you go to the next level, you're halfway down. You have to get um, your ammo built up again sort of thing. So um, where, sorry. Oh yeah, boomerang cutter, homing torpedo takes them out. Uh, Sting Chameleon is in the forest. As I said, these level names are pretty lame now, but eh, it is what it is. Uh, Sting Chameleon is a chameleon. Um, he has his chameleon sting attack. Um, and that one, when you shoot, it shoots out a beam. Uh, again, I don't know how, how far in front, maybe a meter in front of you. And then it splits into three. Um, so that one is really handy when, because one of the challenges that I always had with Mega Man is that you couldn't aim up or, you know, angle up, angle down, you just shot, you know, left or right. So if you wanted to shoot something that was higher up, you had to jump and shoot. This one here is really handy. Same thing with the homing torpedo. It does help with that kind of thing. And you know what? You do get a decent amount of ammo drops so that you could use a good chunk of these throughout the levels and not be, you know, without when it comes to the uh, the boss of the level, for an example. So, um, yeah, so Sting Chameleon has the Chameleon Sting, use the Boomerang Cutter. The Boomerang Cutter, actually, I didn't say, but how it goes out, it kind of goes out away from you and then boomerangs up and back to you. It kind of does a that arcing pattern that way. Um, if you jump, it does the same thing, but downwards. So you jump and shoot, it goes down and back. Um, and same left, right, whatever it may be. So, Sing Chameleon, he kind of is, um, because he's in that forest stage, he's in a very, very foresty uh, area in his final, or in his uh, boss area. And he'll, because he's a chameleon, blend into the background. He'll disappear, but the leaves will rustle. So, when he appears at the top right, you can just stand in the middle of the stage and just shoot the boomerang, you know, in that direction. And it comes up and hits him on the way back. Um, so, honestly, a really very easy boss because you have the right weapon if you just had the x buster it would make it more challenging um so yeah boomerang cutter is yes sorry i got a little mixed up on my notes there so you get the chameleon sting next you're going to go on to storm eagle who's at the airport um and again this is where that chameleon sting where it does that split really handy because again storm eagle um uh, i'd say like 
65, 70% of the time, he's flying above you, like either floating or like kind of dive bombing you. Um, so when he's floating there and he's doing an attack, you can just do the Sting Chameleon because it goes out that little bit and then it shoots him. It hits him. So makes it much easier. I mean, the Boomerang Cutter and the Homing Torpedo could work in that fight as well. Uh, but again, the Chameleon Sting is what he's weak to. Uh, he'll give you Storm Tornado. Uh, this one's kind of wild. It slows the game down. Super Nintendo games did, you know, suffer from a bit of lag sometimes if there were a lot of sprites on the screen kind of thing. So Storm Storm Tornado shoots, you know, out in the direction, maybe not as big as Mega Man, maybe like 75% as big, and it's a big tornado, and it kind of covers the whole screen, and then it continues on. Um, kind of hard to explain, but yeah, it covers the whole thing, and so it can hit enemies a few times. It goes through enemies, which is really handy in certain situations. Um, so I actually use that one throughout a few levels just to kind of get through that area where maybe just three or four enemies that are a little tricky with just the X Buster. Uh, finally, our last, our last eighth powerful Maverick is uh, Flame Mammoth in the factory. And with that, he has Fire Wave, which brings us full circle back to Chill Penguin, who's weak against Fire Wave. Uh, Flame Mammoth being weak, uh, sorry, weak against Storm Tornado. Again, you take him out fairly easily. Fire Wave is um, it's kind of like a flamethrower. You use it and it just shoots out as a flamethrower. It's okay. It's, you don't really need to use it now because, as we said, we've gone through and killed all the bosses already, so it's not a big deal. Now, as I said, this is how I would play it because I get Chill Penguin's dash, or sorry, the dash ability in the Chill Penguin uh, level um, right away. You don't need that, though. You can get that later if you really, really wanted to. So it's just my personal preference to have that there. But the as you can kind of tell, you know, the penguin is weak against fire. So for an example, I'm like, well, I'm going to start. I like starting in the ocean. I'm going to go after Launch Octopus. You would eventually come all the way around, and then Armored Armadillo would be your kind of final boss of this, you know, eight. Um, so... Yeah, you can kind of change it up that way. You could also change it up even more and put a bit of a challenge and never use the special weapons. Only use the X-Buster. Makes it way more difficult because you do less damage and the versatility of the weapon is so simple. You just shoot in one direction. Whereas I said, the homing torpedo, the, the boomerang cutter, those ones, you know, they change the direction of where it may shoot. So it can make it a little bit easier. So after you do all those eight, um, then you get into the Sigma stages. And in the Sigma stages, there's a couple of new bosses in there. I'm not really going to touch on them because they're they're nothing too crazy, nothing special. You don't get anything out of them. Um, so while you go through the Sigma stages, I think there was three or four, you actually rematch all of the bosses that you already fought. So even though you defeated Chill Penguin, and in, you know, let's say we take the the pattern that I have defined here, you've defeated Chill Penguin. Cool, you didn't need to use the weapon Fire Wave against him because you just did it with the X Buster. Well, when you go and do the rematch, well, you have Fire Wave, you might as well just use it, right? And it does make the fight easier, but it isn't a very difficult fight in the first place, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, you rematch all the bosses, plus a few more, and then you actually get to Sigma as the final boss. Um, so Sigma, there's, it's kind of like a three-parter almost. Um, first you fight him, 
with his dog or just the dog i can't remember i think i think you fight just his dog then you fight sigma in this humanoid form then you fight sigma in his sort of final form where it's this giant head and you have to kind of um work on there's platforms that you have to jump on because again the x buster for an example makes it harder to reach up there plus if you've gone through and used all your special weapons throughout all of those uh, rematches chances are you don't have too many or too much ammo in all of them left over so it's kind of a well you know do you want to focus on getting through to the final boss or do you want to you know focus on the final boss maybe a couple of those are good i know that sigma's weak against uh, one or two i can't remember off the top of my head but yeah would you want to save that and then you know use it just unload it onto uh, the final boss of the game so uh while we do get all these weapon upgrades we also get some armor upgrades so there's kind of four plus one let's call it um so we already did touch on one a little bit which is the dash uh so the legs you upgrade that you can now dash without that you're just running along running along but the dash makes things so much quicker it also means that you can actually reach other things in the game either easier or just in the first place because when you do a dash and then a jump Mega Man jumps like two screens he just launches himself so really good way to to uh, traverse uh, the levels but then also get to places that maybe you can't get to normally because now you can do this really long jump uh, next on the list is the armor. That one's pretty straightforward. You take less damage. Pretty straightforward. Very, very useful, especially if it's your first time playing the game. Uh, you can then get a helmet, which allows you to smash blocks, kind of like Mario. You jump below them, and it smashes them. This gets you into a couple of the uh, more secret areas in the game to get some more items. And those items could be things like heart containers, so your health permanently goes up. Or something like a sub tank. Uh, you can carry four sub tanks, which will fill up, and then as you get low on health, you can use that to refill your health. Really, really useful in the final fight. I had a tough time, um, and I think I only had originally one sub tank. Had a really hard time getting through it, and then I said, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm gonna see what I can do. Find more heart containers. Find the rest of the sub tanks. Did that, and then the fight was a breeze. I don't think I only ended up using one and a half or two of the sub tanks to uh, beat Sigma. Um, one thing of note, I'm pretty sure, is that it doesn't act like a fairy in uh, Link to the Past or Zelda games, where if you die, the fairy brings you back. This is like you have to actively use it. Otherwise, if you die, you just die. And that's that. Uh, so the last of the armor upgrades in the normal part of it, and I'll tell you why I'm saying normal, is the arm. Um, so you can upgrade the X-Buster to a third level. So now instead of just charging you know, one, then two, and then you shoot, you can now go to a third level. And that gives you a much larger sort of beam. It's like a giant wave beam thing that's about the same height, if not maybe a little taller than Mega Man himself. So instead of just the little pea shooter, you have this giant beam. Takes more time to charge, but it does more damage. So it's like, you know, is it worth the wait kind of thing. Um, with that as well, you can also charge any of those special weapons up to create more, uh, you know, unique 
attacks. Uh, some of them could just be a different attack. Shotgun Ice gives you a platform of ice that kind of shoots away from you. There's, I want to say, one or two parts in the game where that comes in really handy. Either to get you some extra health, or even, I think, one of the uh, heart containers. Um, I mean... I feel like they're not actually called heart containers that I'm think mixing Zelda, but same basic idea. Um, where you can get that that way, or there's another way you can do it. You have to re have a really good jump. Nonetheless, you can get that and charge them up, sort of thing. Um, now the that plus one that I was talking about. So there's the four upgrades. The plus one is the Hadouken. Now Mega Man games are made by Capcom. Street Fighter is made by Capcom, so they had a little bit of a crossover thing. Um, to get it is a pretty complex thing. You have to get all the other items in the game. So all the hearts, all the weapons, all the sub-tanks, uh, all the other armor upgrades. Then once you get it, then you can do the Hadouken. You know, the classic, you know, down, down, right, right, or left, and then fire. It does 32 points of damage, which kills most bosses and pretty much every enemy in one hit. So you can get it and... It's kind of a super cheap way to get through the game. It even does that much damage on the final boss. So it's not like it's only available for just the regular trash enemies. No, if you had this, and if there was, let's say, a new game plus, or actually, sorry, I should say, you can get this before you get into the Sigma stages. The Sigma stages have no, um, there's no heart containers, there's no weapons, there's no subtext, nothing in there. It's just levels. It's almost like an arcade thing. You could have it there. You could just, you know, kind of face roll in a sense through the whole thing. So, again, it's cool to get. But I, I and I did get it, and I used it once just to see it because he says Hadouken in a funny way. Uh, and then after that, I don't think I ever used it again. Okay, now on to the music, which is probably uh, my favorite part of this game. No, it's definitely my favorite part of this game. Um, the soundtrack of this game is widely considered one of the best, if not the best, soundtracks on the Super Nintendo, um, and of all time. It just, it seems like there's not really any song that is not good. It would almost be easier for me to say the songs I don't like, but there kind of aren't any. I like the majority, if not all of them. They all have a great energetic feel to it, and they're all very... Um, kind of level appropriate because each level is going to have its own stage but just simple um, how they made them work like the snowy level has a little bit of a snowy little bit in it I don't know if that makes sense if you listen to it hopefully it would make sense um, so we'll go with the composers first as we do so if you go and look on like Spotify um, and you look at you know the composers of this soundtrack it's on there I highly recommend you listen to it the composers are considered, it's called the Capcom Sound Team. So I always thought it was just a little thing that they said there. But that was apparently, uh, I looked into it a little bit. I can't remember the exact detail, but there was almost like a band that worked at Capcom that worked together on some games. And this was one of them. And they didn't do the whole soundtrack, but they did do uh, a chunk of the songs. I don't know exactly which ones. Um, but when I was doing a little bit more re reading about it and your know, research and such, I did find some named people for the composers. So I will uh, do my best to pronounce these names as almost all music or video game music that I like is mostly like by uh, Japanese composers. So I have a hard time saying their names anyway. So it's uh, Setsuyo, Setsuo Yamamoto, 
and then Makoto Tomozawa, Yuki Awai, Yuko Takahara, and Toshihiko Horiyama. Um, so those five people, uh, absolute stunning job in making this. Um, I have a note here, it's in my top five uh, OSTs um, of all time. Again, not just Super Nintendo, just in general. Um, I've got quite a few songs that we're going to have a little bit of a snippet on. Um, so the very first one that I want to bring up is probably my favorite. I think it's only about 20 or 30 seconds long. It's, it's a very short song, but it is so good. It's um, the password screen, uh, li- uh, the, the password screen song. And so each time you beat a level, you get a specific password screen. It's a 4x4 grid, and it just sometimes I'll just leave it on there for as long as I can. And I just, I just hum it. I hum it when I'm doing anything, a chore, I'm working, something like that. It's just so, so catchy and so simple. I really, really love it. And as I said, I hum it all the time, listen to it on a regular basis. Next up, we're going to have the opening stage. Um, really solid start to the game and sets the stage for how great the music is in this game. Um, so just, it, it, again, it just sets it up so well and has the same energy for the rest of the game. Uh, so, and then these next two actually are quite interesting because, again, I like a lot of the level uh, music, but the ones that are my favorites aren't actually level songs they're selection songs so as i said the password list now this next one is the stage select so when before you beat all of the eight bosses this is the song that you're going to hear when you choose what stage you want to do again it's short right but it's kind of like it was menu music but taken to 11 kind of thing it was just it's just menu music but better and it just again really really great energy in the song now, the last one that we'll bring up outside of the uh, remix is Stage Select 2. <laughs> so this one um, is once you've beaten the eight bosses and now you're about to take on the Sigma stages, this is the song that plays. Um, again, similar to the first Stage Select, but it's a little bit darker. It's almost like, you know, like, hey, this is getting challenging. You're now going up against, in a sense, an absolute maniac, right? Sigma, as we discussed, not a good dude completely turned on everyone and wants to wipe out humanity this is a really good one to be like hey you gotta get ready for this it's gonna be some tough stuff um and then finally as we have in our little tradition uh the oc remix that i've chosen is something called light in the fortress and this one is a mix of dr light and sigma stage 2 which is the previous song that's uh oh sorry no it isn't (laughs) that's a different song um this one is really it's one of my favorite odyssey remixes because it gives just great memories it's got a really good electric guitar and that punchy gritty beat and then uh near the end of the song or about two minutes 30 seconds it gets really really cool so uh definitely give that one a listen as well really really amazing song and i mean amazing music across the whole thing as i said it's on spotify i'm sure it's on apple music and all that stuff I really recommend if you have, it's probably only about 30 minutes long, give it a listen while you're doing some work or working out or driving, just something I really recommend listening to it. Our next category, of course, is our time commitment. So I think I got through it recently in about two sessions. It's not a super long game. 
It's um, fairly straightforward as well. So, uh, and it does depend. Like, if you want to just beat the bosses and beat Sigma, you can do that easy. Um, you can find a few of the items, like the armor items, like Dash. You literally walk into it. Um, other ones, yeah, it's a little bit of a secret sort of thing. But you don't need them to beat the game necessarily. Yeah, it makes it easier when you get, you know, the armor, for instance. You can take more hits. Um, but if you want to get all the items, like the energy heart, sub-tanks, armor, that Hadouken, um, it, it's not a huge amount more time, it's just a matter of finding them. Now, of course, if you have already played the game a couple times prior, yeah, finding all the items, like what I did, isn't too crazy. Now, I, over the years, I've played it a handful of times. I don't remember where everything is by memory. I probably remember where about maybe 75-80% of the things are. Um, like energy hearts, that's what they're called. I wrote it down here. Energy hearts, not heart containers. Um, the energy hearts, I always found them fairly easy. They're not super hidden. The armor upgrades and the Hadouken. Oh man, the Hadouken is very tricky to find. I'm not going to go into the detail, but it's. I always have to look that one up. Um, but most of the things, I do vaguely remember where they are. Uh, if it's your first time doing it, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more challenging, but... I mean, there's no shame, and if you're like, yeah, I feel like I've got most of it, yeah, just look it up. <laughs> and then you can actually, uh, you know, see where you're at on it sort of thing. Um, and the, probably the most challenging part of the game is figuring out the pattern to um, which stage, and then in turn, which boss you're going to fight. Now, as I said, you could technically just play with the X-Buster, and that's it. You won't have any of the weaknesses or anything like that. Um, but, I mean, it, that's a much more challenging run for sure. The um, Some of them are pretty obvious. The penguin's going to be afraid of fire. You know, <laughs> that one makes sense. But I would have thought that the fire guy would have been weak to ice, but he's weak to the storm. Uh, maybe it's wind blows out the fire, something like that. But, again, knowing the, um, not necessarily pattern, but the order that they would be that you can fight them in to utilize the weaknesses the best that would be very very helpful otherwise you have more harder time uh, a more more difficult time sorry to go through each boss um so again if you want to look it up by all means if you don't by all means you play however you want so i uh, just again the recent uh, session session uh, that I played with it on was the Mega Man X Legacy Collection. Um, so I purchased that on the Switch. Um, and there's actually on this, probably so far of all these sort of collection games, remixes, remasters, whatever you want to call them, probably is the best quality of life features of all of them so far. Um, so there are save states. I mean, that's a pretty common one. That's pretty much on all of these things. You have save states. Um, but the biggest thing and i'm sorry we'll touch on the save states if you get to a boss and you die and you have you know let's say three lives you go right before the boss again um and then you go to fight him and if you continue dying or if you run out of lives you go to a continue um the game remembers that you you know defeated the first three bosses for an example and you're on the fourth one um so it remembers that but then you have to do the whole level again and that is challenging these levels aren't a cakewalk right to get through them yeah you have to 
be good <laughs> or maybe not even be good you're gonna take some hits you maybe you know maybe you'll lose a life maybe you'll lose a, a chunk of your ammo so when you get to the boss you don't have ammo again so the save states you can save you know right before the boss kind of thing and again you can definitely you know have a little bit more of a quick restart to get to it again and again that's something that i appreciate you know as a father um being able to not have to go through those kind of like almost grindy bits of the games of the 90s when you play these kind of collections or the remakes remasters is that the save states just make it so then i can just get into it and get through the game i know that people talk about the original nintendo games like ninja gaiden it was not a very long game or turtles not a very long game but they were brutally difficult so you kept dying and having to start over all the time so it made it a longer game if they had released that length of game um with the difficulty that we have today which i mean i'm sure most people would agree that a good chunk of games nowadays are easier and i'm okay with that there's more they can focus on the gameplay and the story and the content more um but if they had released like turtles the original one on the nintendo at the same difficulty that you have games today uh people would be frustrated you know they pay full price whatever it may have been back in the 80s for a game and they beat it in an hour and 15 minutes on their first go through maybe they die once or twice i mean that wouldn't be very fun you buy the game and then you beat it before it's bedtime kind of thing you're like hey man i was i was a kid i saved my allowance up to buy games and if i bought that game and it was done that quick that would suck right that wouldn't be very fun so i think they kind of artificially inflated the length of the games by increasing the difficulty uh that leads me into the next part and these games are difficult but you can enable a mode called rookie hunter um so it's so rookie hunter pretty much what it does it makes it super easy you take near to no damage and Actually, I think that's really all it does. You take almost no damage, so you're near invincible. So yeah, you can just like, you know, breeze through the bosses or breeze through the level simply because you're just not taking any damage. I don't think you do more damage. I think you just take near no damage. Now, the problem with that is that you take near no damage. So normally if a boss, let's say for an example, I don't know the exact numbers, you have 15 health. And the boss, when it hits you, just by walking into it, 2 health, it's attack, 4 health. You know, let's say it hits you three, four times, five times, you're now gone. You're dead. Well, the Rookie Hunter mode means that every hit, no matter what it does, takes 0.25 damage. Well, now I have to be hit, what are we looking at, 60 times? Well, of course it's going to be easy. We go from 5 to 60. I would have liked kind of a middle ground where maybe it's just half damage. So instead of five hits, it's 10 hits. But it's literally a quarter of the damage, if not less i think um i did play with it for a little bit but i kind of got really bored of it <laughs> it's when you know you play through a game for the first time you get a new game plus you keep all your equipment then when you play again all the enemies nothing's changed the difficulty hasn't changed the mechanics hasn't changed your new game plus is pretty much just you melting through everything I mean, it's a cool novelty for a little bit, but I mean, you play after 10 minutes of that, you're like, oh, I'm kind of bored. There's no challenge anymore. I don't really want to do this anymore because you're like, well, I already beat the game. I don't really want to go through it again, sort of thing. So it's it's nice to flip on if you get to a difficult part, but as I said, kind of cheesy, so eh. 
Um, replayability is okay. Uh, because, you know, there is not a huge amount of items, right? Let's say the the energy hearts, I want to say there's six or eight at the very most. Sub-tanks, I know there's four. Armor, is four. And then the Hadouken, and that's it. So, for instance, if you want to go through it and, you know, get all the items, that is a, yes, a, a challenge in itself. But then once you've done that, you're like, well, now what? Um, that's where speedrunning comes into, right? If you want to beat your time um, better than previously, I think that would be a it's a it's a very very speed runnable game. So if you're gonna have your replayability, that's the kind of you know direction I think it would be. Um, speaking of speedrunning, almost uh, on the how long to beat meter, um, that one there main story three and a half hours, completionist four hours. As I said, if you want to get everything, and it's not going to be a huge amount more time, um, unless you have no clue where things are and you're figuring it out all on your own, then yeah, that's going to go up real high. But once you know where everything is, for the most part, you'll remember it. If you were to do it again, you're like, oh, it's you know over here, over there, or whatever it is, right? So, yeah, again, three and a half, four hours. I told, I said that uh, I did it in two sessions, and I'm just sitting on the couch on my Switch, right? Didn't really put too much um, uh, time. I I don't even know if I did two and a half hours, to be honest with you. And again, just so if you don't know how the whole, how long to beat works, is that it is not like an official number. This is people who are submitting their times to the website. They're like, yeah, it took me seven hours. Next guy, yeah, it took me an hour. It's the average, right? So, um... Yeah, like the average is 3.5 hours. Some games I'm quicker, some games I'm slower. Depends on the game. Uh, for an example, No Man's Sky, I think the, you know, how long to beat of the main story or whatever. And I mean, that's a massive, massive game. That's another conversation. But the how long to beat of the sort of section or, or the, the part that I was thinking of beating was like 30 hours. I didn't like 50. I, I took my time with it. I did a little bit more over here, a little bit more over there. Again, averages, right? So, three and a half for main story, four for completionist. Now, of course, on our flip side, our speed runs. So, um, there's not too many categories for this one, actually. The previous games we've done recently have had um, dozens of categories in some of them. Oh, so many. In this one here, as I said, there's not a huge amount. I picked our any percent and our hundred percent. So, any percent. Um, I watched a good chunk of this one. Uh, it was by a person by the name of Tokyo. Um, it's 30 minutes, 54 seconds. It's the world first and only, according to the leaderboards, a 30 minute uh, or sub 31 uh, speed run of Mega Man X. And um, it is just the, the, the craziest part I got out of this was how fast he can mash buttons. And uh, you can hear it if you watch the video. It'll be click, 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 way faster than that. But even then, like, the little pea shooters of the X-Buster are so close together. It's just, I mean, his thumbs must be able to lift a car kind of thing. Like, how fast he can do it. Um, he uses a lot of damage boosts, uh, which if you're not sure what a damage boost is, in a lot of games, when you get hit, you have that sliver of invincibility. Depends on each game. In this one, let's say it's a second or so. So when you do that, you get hit by, you know, enemy A, and then you can run through enemy B through F kind of thing. 
one you know what i mean you can run through them without getting hit again um some games have either no or near zero um invincibility state kind of thing so you really can't do any damage boosts so i it's nice to be able to kind of i think exploit is the right word it sounds a little aggressive but exploiting that invincibility frames to continue on and keep going kind of thing so it's really cool seeing that. And then the last thing I wanted to point out with this is just how accurate his jumps are, are just, again, wild. I mean, it's why he's the world record holder, is that he is so incredibly accurate, quick, just on point for everything. So really, really impressive. Um, again, it's only 30 minutes, so give it a watch kind of thing, right? On our 100% side of things. And now this is the interesting. Any percent, 30, 54. 100% by someone by the name of Tiki is 34 minutes, 39 seconds. So we're not even four minutes. We're two and a half seconds, or sorry, three and a half seconds slower to do 100%. And I'm thinking, I'm like, well, how? Like in any percent, it is literally the bare minimum to beat the game. So it's beating all the bosses and then going through the Sigma sections and beating that. It's crazy that to get everything in the game only takes another three and a half minutes again very impressive so now let's discuss the kittable patent pending I, th I don't know what that word actually means but it's my little fancy dancy thing that makes me me so on our kittable section as i've said so many times and i mean i'm sure people are seeing kind of a theme the majority of the games that i play are 2d side scrollers right so you'll get the idea of like the controls are easy because you go left, right, up, down. It's kind of, you know, it's simple. What you see is what you do. When you get to the 3D analog games, yeah, that's a more challenging control. With this, easy to pick up, hard to master kind of thing. So the, as I said earlier, you can do the dash and jump. You can also, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to explain it very well. So one thing that you can do in the game as well is like a wall jump. So Mega Man will slide down. You just kick off. It's actually fairly easy to execute um something like super metroid's wall jump is a much more challenging wall jump this one is kind of you know, just slide and kick you don't really have to do anything but what you can do is you can while you're sliding do like a dash jump so earlier i said you can do the big dash jump it goes really far you can do that while sliding off a wall i don't know how to explain it it's almost like my fingers know before i do kind of thing but it hurts <laughs> it's not the easiest to do it's challenging Right, but again, if you are looking to, I mean, I'm not saying speed running. I'm well, yeah, speed running. But if you're trying to, you know, elevate your game and do things a little bit, you know, more advanced sort of thing, yeah, you gotta kind of figure that one out. It's challenging. Don't get me wrong, but it's doable because I can do it kind of thing. Um, and because you can go to any one of those eight stages at the beginning. Um, let's say for an example, you go into the stage, uh, that, that gallery stage again, makes no sense. Armored Armadillo stages underground. And you're like, I just can't seem to get past this part. I don't know how to do it. Well, you can pick other stages and go through them and then find those, uh, energy hearts. You can find the sub tanks. You can get other weapons from other bosses too. So you have that option to you know what, let's put this level aside and let's revisit it once I've done this. And of course, as we've said many times before, um, practice makes perfect. 
I've been playing it since it came out. Again, not religiously, like not all the time, but I've played it, I mean, I want to say between 8 and 12 times, something like that, over the years. It's still challenging for me. I still die on many different places. And this time around, I, I had a really, really hard time with the final boss. And I turned on that rookie hunter mode a couple times. Again, like, I... I have appreciated the game in its original form, and I'm okay with that. So now I'm like, you know what? If I want to play it again, I want to just really enjoy it. I don't want to get frustrated with it kind of thing. So that's where, you know, the Rookie Hunter and the save states for me work really well because I can, um, you know, can tweak it so then I can enjoy playing it in the short amount of time that I have to play. So... Um, as I had said previously, that Mega Man X Legacy Collection with save states, Rookie Hunter mode, so much more accessible um, to play it. And I believe the uh, Mega Man X Legacy Collection is on all things modern. So I have it on my PS5. Oh, sorry, no, I have it on the Switch, but I'm pretty sure it's on the PS5, PlayStation, Xbox, that kind of thing. Um, and I think it's even on PC too. So, I mean, you pretty much have many, many ways to play it. So, yeah, choose your uh, pick. Whatever console or, you know, whatever you're playing on, you could probably play it. Um, so, as a, as a parent, while playing it, one of the things that's nice about it is because the stages are fairly short. Um, and again, especially on the Switch, um, you can just put it to sleep and then pick it up again super quick. You d There's no real story to be like, dive back in and then commit that time to start playing again. You can play a level... And then put it down. You know, while baby's napping, you can play a level or two and then put it down when baby wakes up or something along those lines, right? You don't have to, um, you know, some games where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to play this game. Okay, I know I need 30 to 45 minutes just to get into it. Then I want to play for an hour or two, right? So right there, you're at almost three hours of time commitment. That ain't easy, right? My son right now goes to bed seven-ish. And, um, you know, by the time I'd say, hey, I'm going to start playing, it's 8. Well, sure, I could then play 3 hours, and then it's 11. I'm probably going to fall asleep with the controller in my hand by the time that happens. So, being able to just, yeah, quickly pick up, play, super handy and convenient, because, again, there's no real thought to getting back into it. And that's it. That's the end. We're going to do our conclusion. So, I... I had this, I had my rating. I wrote it down and I was happy with it. And then I'm like, mm, I'm going to change it, tweak it a little bit. So I originally gave this at a 10 out of 10. And I decided to bump it down to a 9 out of 10. And it's, again, my criteria for rating, honestly, probably changes day by day. Um, it's not very consistent. You do not take this seriously. <laughs> it's, it's for funsies kind of thing. Um, especially because most of the games I'm doing are like 9s and 10s because they're my favorite games. That's what I want to talk about. So this one, as I said, it's a 10 out of 10 slash 9 out of 10. And the only reason it goes down to 9 is because it's so hard. <laughs> I, it's, it's tons of fun. Don't get me wrong. But there's times where I just get so frustrated over those stupid little enemies or something and i'm just like i don't care to see you anymore so yeah i i, I get frustrated with it um but i mean it is one of the best side scrollers um on anything super nintendo modern console doesn't matter it is so so good the music 
as I've already said many times, one of my favorite tracks um, of anything. It is so fitting for the game, and it's just so good. <laughs> so good. So as I said, my uh, official rating is 9 out of 10, um, and then in parentheses, 10 out of 10, because it's so close. Maybe it's a 9.5. Who knows? As I said, maybe I'll feel different in a week. Um, but yeah, as I said, um, this is definitely one that I would highly, highly recommend. And that's going to do it for another one. Episode 7 in the bag. Um, I just want to thank everyone that was listening. Uh, always appreciate it. A lot of fun doing these things. Ain't going to be stopping anytime soon. Um, so, as I've always said, new episode in two weeks. Um, I also do want to... I don't know if plug is the right word because it's not me. Uh, I just want to mention, um, you know, every episode I talk about speedrunning. Um, and I think I've mentioned it before, the Games Done Quick uh, marathons that happen. And uh, currently, right now, there is actually the 2023 Summer Games Done Quick that's going on. Started on May 28th. Today, right now, it's May 30th. Um, and ends on Sunday, June 4th. And this thing goes on... Uh, it's 24 7 I guess 24 and then the 7 day um so it just is constantly going so whether you're in North America and I believe yeah it's in Minneapolis Minnesota which is centralish US if you're not too sure um so yeah if you're in North America on either coast you'll be able to watch a lot of these games during your daytime and they do cater more to a North American audience so when they play the big games yeah, that's going to be in the, you know, afternoon, evening, when a majority of people are home, you know, after work and school and things like that. But if you're in Australia or if you're in Europe or if you're in the Middle East, wherever you may be, you'll be able to see this live no matter what. Um, so, again, I always enjoy uh, watching it i've been a little busy this little bit so i haven't actually had a chance to tune in too much but i'll probably be watching it a little bit later on or even on the weekend um the final games that they do are always great um i'm just gonna actually take a quick look and see uh but they generally end with either a um a unique game super metroid um, or a little bit of everything kind of thing. Um, so just looking at it here. Uh, ba, 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 ba. So this is something that they've done for a couple years now. Uh, there's a Super Mario Maker 2 Relay Race. So for an example, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 people in this one. Oh, that's interesting. Sorry. Um, usually there is Grand Pooh Bear, um, who is an amazing Super Mario um world generally i think uh runner but also randomizer he plays really really hard randomizers so the super mario maker 2 relay race is really cool because the people that are in it have not seen any of the levels they're picked by other people so they're having to see this blind and whoever as a relay race so if i die passing control to the next one they rotate until someone one of the teams wins those ones are really, really cool to watch because you see just some raw talent in there because they play these, they've had no practice. Um, and then for an example, after that is a bonus game, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, any percent blindfolded. I don't, even, I don't even know how. What What does that even mean? How do you play a game blindfolded? <laughs> That's how crazy this stuff can get. Um, and then the final one, which I'm seeing is 3.30 a.m., uh, which is very bizarre 
is Super Metroid at 3.30 in the morning. That's, I think they may have actually had to push a few things. Um, because when I looked at the list previously, they were finishing earlier than that. Like 3.30 in the morning for a Super Metroid is bizarre. Super Metroid is the game when it comes to games done quick. It's one of the first speedrunning games. Um, and one of my favorite games. So I definitely want to watch that. But I don't know if I want to wake up at 3.30 in the morning on a Sunday to watch it. So I might have to catch the... Uh, the video after the fact so eh, we'll see but if you have any interest in speedrunning i know this is going to go up on thursday which is in two days which is the first so you still have a couple days and then the weekend to actually watch them so yeah if you're interested in speedrunning at all definitely start with that i think that was actually how i got into it and um for summer games done quick if you choose to donate it goes towards doctors without borders really really great uh, charity so Again, I uh, just want to wrap it back up. So, again, thank you for everyone that's watching. Um, and we will end with our traditional dad joke. What do you call a cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that one. Um, so, again, thank you very much. Um, as I've uh, started saying, I'm just going to end it with give someone a hug. And get yourself a hug because hugs are great. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.